Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others to grow their own nutrient-dense, healthy, organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years, and that got me thinking, what if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm U member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit-chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session, plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to urbanfarmmembership.org or text membership to 33444. That's urbanfarmmembership.org or text membership to 33444. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food Revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Julian Awad of Backyard Riches to talk about his experience with spin farming. Julian experienced entrepreneurship at an early age of 12 when he started importing candy from Singapore to Malaysia, where his family was living at the time. At 19, he started his first company in real estate. Since then, his interest for business and social responsibility has taken him from refugee trips in Sumatra, Indonesia, to driving new innovative risk assessments. Julian has over 15 years of professional experience in marketing, strategic planning, project management, and internet technologies. He also has 10 years of entrepreneurial experience in marketing companies, launching consumer-focused internet startups, and financing small businesses. He states his greatest achievements are finding and marrying his wife and best friend and having his new son and twin daughters. Welcome to the show today, Julian. 
Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me. This is a real treat. Absolutely. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? Wow. Well, it's been quite a journey, but, uh, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur as a kid. Uh I grew up overseas most of my life from Africa and Asia and Australia. And, you know, as a kid, my my dad was always encouraging me to do entrepreneurial items. Nice. uh, One of my favorite stories that I, I tell people is when we would go get a visa in Singapore, I would buy candy in bulk. And after 30 days, all my friends would be out of, uh, out of candy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would start selling all the candy that I would buy in bulk with uh, with my allowance that I would save up. Uh-huh. And I would sell it for two and three times the price. And I had a little hustle going down with bubble yum and bubble gum for, for quite a while while we were in Malaysia. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, but you know, as an entrepreneur, it's it's uh, it's been something kind of in my blood to always find a way to help others and yeah. to extract value out of that. And uh, as I as I kind of went through life, I, I've started a, a bunch of little businesses and I ended up working for some big uh, Fortune 100 type companies, big corporate organizations and went back to uh, business school and while I was there did a business plan competition and have uh, you know really never looked back. Was able to get involved in genetics for a little while and Alzheimer's genetics and uh, Helped um, a bunch of folks start businesses at MIT when I lived in Boston wow. and through a couple of accelerators there The and then got connected with a Chinese accelerator and every once in a while I'm able to mentor. I still uh, provide a little bit of training to oh, uh, nice. an accelerator Yeah, and I, I got introduced to some entrepreneurs that were taking a real unique approach on urban farming and on uh, food uh, growing locally uh, growing food right. and marketing and selling it. And their their focus was not just on sustainable growing. It was on helping uh, small farmers or even urban farmers create something that was financially sustainable. That's, um, so yeah, that was that's really important. People to keep doing it, making money, you know. Yeah. I got really excited about it because it's something that I've always, you know, my I was always exposed by my grandparents. They had gardens and things like that and mm-hmm. was always interested in it. And I I, uh, I I spent some time with them. And the more I got, I said, you know, I'd love to be involved. I'd love to be involved with this business and help to spread the word um, about what they were doing. And mm-hmm. that's how uh, I got learned about spin farming. And we created a training program uh, called Backyard Riches. Wow. And that's kind of how we got to today. Cool. So what exactly is spin farming? So it stands for small plot intensive farming, and the idea is to take uh, smaller land bases and figure out through process and through efficiencies, both in the process that you're doing and the crop selection and these sorts of things, mm-hmm. to really maximize the amount of revenue and profit that can be generated from a small plot. So it's it's looking at a traditional farmer that has a lot of upfront capital investments from a tractor or whatever it takes in order to you get off the ground and these large land bases right. and saying, let's rethink the model. Like, can, how can we go to a small land base and think in a way that we can grow uh, food that's good for the community mm-hmm. and also think about growing something that uh, can be profitable so that it can be something where they're generating, you know, uh, instead of just being in debt constantly for the rest of their lives, they can start generating a good income, like you know, fifty thousand or a hundred thousand or more per year, and even doing that on a small backyard-sized plot of land. Hold so on, that's hold on, kind of hold the on. idea behind it. Yeah, hold on. So you're saying that somebody could, in a in a backyard, can make fifty or a hundred thousand dollars a year? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it depends on the size of your backyard. Yeah. But it, 
the it's the the periurban or just a large backyard, a t- you know, a typical suburban backyard mm-hmm. uh, and front yard. Or if you don't have a backyard, say you live in an apartment, uh, inner cities, there's a lot of land that municipalities and your local governments mm-hmm. uh, maybe aren't taken care of. And they'll pay you to clear it and grow food on that. They'll even pay you. So as long as you have a water source, uh, we help people to really think through finding that those pieces of land. And then through crop selection process and you're really planning and treating it like a business, right. how you can intensify the, the what's being grown, what's coming out of it, and what you're selling it for, finding the right marketplaces to produce. And we have several, we have several uh, students right now that are above 50,000. We have a few over 100,000. And those wow. are folks that it takes a few years to get there. You know, it's yeah. not an overnight success story. But uh, but it is they are success stories and year after year growing it and that's what we do we plan with them uh-huh. and then our community kind of comes back and helps sharpen uh, them each place pointing out areas that they could ha- optimize and create improvements mm-hmm. and uh, reduce expenses and increase their profits but yeah we've got people doing it and that's why you know uh, from kids and teenagers all the way up uh, to folks that are retired earning real money uh, doing it full time generating $10,000 for their daughter's wedding gifts. We're doing that kind of, uh, helping urban farmers do that kind of, uh, of revenue. So it's, it's important. Yeah, well, and, and then this whole notion of sustainability, uh, you know, in, in order for us to sustain ourselves financially, we have to make a profit. I mean, so, you know, at some point, anything that you're doing, if it's constantly a drain on resources, and you're depending on nonprofits or governments to pay for you to do it, then it's not going to last forever. Right. And the idea is how do we create something that's market driven and people are willing to pay for? And if you can organize yourself well and it's profitable, it's sustainable. And it it helps the community both from a fresh food standpoint, uh, you know, and really community for the from our health standpoint as well. But also it's helping the community by potentially even creating jobs. So we have a lot of folks that are, get volunteers, but they have uh, folks working part-time for them as well when right. they get large. So what is your, what is your training program look like? Let's, uh, let's go there next. Right, well, Backyard Riches, we've, we've kind of got two, two uh, specific tracks. Mm-hmm. So they're folks that really don't have much growing experience and, or much sales experience. And so we have two, uh, the first program is called Seed to Cash in 14 Days or Less. And this is, a, a intensive 14-day program where you are uh, meant to get up and generate money within 14 days. Uh-huh. So this, you, you do your prep time, you get through the material, you do your prep time, you plant, you're harvesting within 10 to 12 days. Wow. And then you are uh, following, we have a blueprint step-by-step that shows you what to do, how to do it, when to do it, how to harvest, and then how to unitize, and we help you during your downtime to plan out where you're gonna sell, what your markets are, reaching out, and ideally pre-selling what's coming out of the ground. Oh, yes. And because the idea is, is if you can't deliver it, you can redo it and do it in 14 days again. Right. But pre-sell it so you have your, your customers already ready to go, and then delivering that, and that's a $200 uh, within the first two weeks of planting. That's the first program. And wow. then the the second program, uh, and that actually comes with three parts because it's, you know, the first two weeks, you're going to learn a lot. You'll make uh-huh. some mistakes, kind right. of go through it. And then we say go from that 100-square-foot plot that you're working with to uh, our first, what we call a segment, which is 1,000 square feet. 
And that revenue target is up to $1,300 within two weeks of planting. So you're gonna take the same, what you just learned on whether you do it once, twice, or three times of the 100 square foot 14 day plan, and then you're gonna go to 10 times the size. So it's gonna be 10 times the work and 10 times the sales, leverage that up, right? and then hit the, you know, target the $1,300 a goal for your sales. And you then, once you kind of get up and you're okay with that, take a break, whatever it is, mm -hmm. then you start looking at phase three, which is a continuous production program where you're kind of running a relay. So you start working on a thousand square feet, get that up and going. Once it's in the growing standpoint, then you start the planting of the next one so that every two weeks you can harvest and sell. So you're producing about $2,600 every four weeks or, one, or every month for 10 months, depending on you know your seasons, where you are, your growing period and your marketing period. Right. But the goal is with an ideal 10 months of growing and selling that you could hit upwards of $25,000, $26,000 for the year. So that's the seed to cash program. Wow, so I, before you go past that, uh -huh. What is somebody growing in two weeks that they're growing and selling? Well, there's a variety of things uh, that grow and you can cut, but you're not growing potatoes and tomatoes. But there's a variety, you know, right. there's a variety of beans and certain types of vegetables that you can grow that will grow that quick that you can harvest and get to market. Nice. Uh, so we have specifically certain types. We have recommendations, types of seeds to get, types of crops that you know have it's not just how fast they grow but it's things that we have found that the market will buy from you right and sustain a certain price level for them because remember you're going to have some startup costs so the 100 square feet we estimate around 67 dollars and 55 cents as of last year would be your startup costs for wow. seeds if you don't have any tools you know you got to buy a few buy tools. tools these are great yeah. tools right and then once you go to 1,000 square feet, we're looking at about $151 in startup. So you want to be able to beat that in order to make your margin and your profits right. off that. I, lo uh, I love it. I love it how you say about $151. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some of them we price on Amazon for some of these tools. You oh, know? right. Exactly. And those prices fluctuate a buck, you know, here and there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's why we say costs as little as, you know, <laughs> yeah. you may have a coupon, you may have a coupon, but that's a, oh, that's there, a exactly. There you go. There you go. But the idea wow. is to think about this from a unit basis and from a dollar basis. And uh -huh. we want to take somebody who, this is a labor of love, like my mother. Yes. Uh, my mother got a habit from my grandfather of every time she eats fruit, she uh, eats it down to the seed and then she walks outside and buries it in her garden. Oh, and nice. Something grows, right? Yeah. <laughs> But she's doing it because she loves gardening and she loves to be able to pull fresh fruit from her and veggies from her own little garden. Right. And, you know, she would love to kind of take this concept. And if you can get her to start thinking about what what crops sell at, at what price and what the market really is, what the market demand is and what the supply is. I mean, if you go into like, for instance, a, a farmer's market and everybody's selling the same thing, well, the supply's high. So the demand's gonna be lower and there's gonna be pricing pressure, right. down pricing pressure, and you're not gonna be able to get as much. So beginning to find your niche, understanding what your what your market like is mm -hmm. like, right. and regionality, right? So, I mean, I'm gonna ask you, Greg, what parts of the country do you think oregano sells better in versus you know a different type of herb? Um, uh, New York, oregano, New York, Italian. Right, right. You would think so. And how about, you know, a little bit further south in Florida, right? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Cuban. Yep. 
Right, right. And so, you know, you can think about different types of herbs uh, that go into certain dishes, right. you know, around there. And understanding your market demand, you could then look at some herbs, you know. So you can have some herbs, some greens. You have different types of uh, squash or quick grow type of tomatoes. You know, yep. there's different types of things based on what your region, your market demands are mm-hmm. that if you begin to consider growing those versus growing your standard potato, your standard whatever, cucumber, that – uh, you'll be able to command a higher price for. Right. Um, and we even teach people how to create, uh, to grow for prepackaged meals. So oh. imagine now instead of selling a, a commodity or even a rare commodity, you're actually selling an entire package. Like here's what you need for an entire dinner or for an entire oh. meal, grow all the components. These are the types of things that we're beginning to help people think like this is what you need for the dollars. Here's what it's going to cost for the input, the startup. Here's the tools. Yep. Here's your supplies and materials. But let's think about what you're growing now because we want to strategically target things that you can get a premium top dollar for. Right. So you have larger, uh, larger margin at the end. So like a like a salsa mix. So for like, instance, like a salsa mix. Yeah. yeah. We actually have one member that does a ratatouille mix and sells it and markets it packages the entire thing and says, here you go. Here's a dinner for four ratatouille mix. Right? Wow. Uh-huh. And they provide the recipes. These are the types of things, the types of tactics that we have. And we have an entire forum and members area where people are coming in and sharing ideas, asking questions. And it's really focused on you know, what people are doing, how we're going to market, what we're doing, how we're increasing, where we're getting more profits from, what's working in their areas. People are saying, you know, hey, I, how are you getting into restaurants? Or what are you saying to chefs? Uh, how are you making sure you provide what they need on a consistent basis? What are you getting for this price per unit? What are your unit sizes to chefs and restaurants? Uh, where else are you selling besides farmers markets? Yeah. Uh, what kind of marketing are you doing on your table stands? Uh, how do you get people in? How are you upselling? What is your pricing model? Mm-hmm. What are you using to take credit cards? These are all the, the fundamental things that people aren't thinking about and talking about right. when they're going and saying, you know, let's see if I can make a dollar by uh, selling what I grew in my backyard. Yeah. Wow. So this is, yeah, I haven't had a guest that has talked about monetizing their farms yet. So I, I'm, I'm loving it you know, that we're talking about this because this is such an important place to look. Because what I tell people uh, when they say, oh, I want to be a farmer, it's like, okay, great. And only 50% of it's actually growing. The other 50% is picking, packaging, marketing, all that kind of stuff. Have you found that to be the case? We rarely ever have someone that comes up to us that says, hey, I want to sell at you know, farmer's markets. Uh-huh. Hey, I want to be a, a salesperson, a retail salesperson at a farmer's market. Yeah. You know? Nobody says that. Yeah. What they do is they're like, I love gardening or, you know, I really enjoy growing, growing veggies and, Mm -hmm. you know, or I believe in helping my community and I want to, you know, and I heard that you, you, you can help people make money doing it. So, you know, that's really uh, more what it is, is that people want to, and you know, it's tough. It makes you step out of your comfort zone. Yep. A little bit here and there and the nice part is if you have a community of people doing it that are all struggling and help each other out it makes a big difference number one and you can get some accountability number two right but imagine how much easier it is when there's a guide with pictures step-by-step showing you how to do 
picking, yeah. harvesting, packaging, unitization, pricing, examples of, of marketing on tables or, mm -hmm. you know, and you can listen to our webinars and trainings that we have on a week, on a weekly basis or on a biweekly basis that we do where right. we're actually going through somebody's business plan. People are, you know, our members, you know, thank goodness have been so so interested in, in sharing this idea uh -huh. that they'll actually sit down and say, you know, here are the crops that I plan on growing. I planned on growing and here's what I actually grew. Here was my target revenues and here's what I actually did. Here's what worked for me and what didn't. Here's where I failed. Here's what crops failed. Here's what marketing failed. Mm -hmm. Here's what, you know, uh, yeah. it's what restaurants didn't pay me or did pay me. And here's the contract that I use or the agreement that I use. You know, he, they're going through all that. And at the end of every session, we actually go through the finances of our guests or our members and we show them, you know, this is how much they made. This is what they made per week. This is what they were selling on a per unit basis. This is what their growth is. And we always go over on a segment basis right. uh, per thousand square feet, what they're actually making dollars that they're making per square feet. Nice. So we have specific benchmarks, right? So the goal is per thousand square feet, you need to be making um, $1 per segment that you're, you're in uh -huh. and you want to be doing that on a consistent basis. So once you get to $1, then we want to get you to a multiple of $2 yeah. or $3 or $4. So once, if you have that type of segment, you can think about your ability to actually grow, uh, if you have a few, a few segments out there. So mm -hmm. if you, you know, how many, how many square feet are in an acre? Uh, what is it? 42,000? 42,500 right? or something like that. Yeah. Right. So, uh, we're, we're helping people on 20 half acres, which is like 20, 21,000 square feet. Right. We want to get them to a multiple between three and $4 per square foot per year. Right. Wow. So on a half acre, you're somewhere between 50 grand and 80 grand. That's the goal. You don't get there on the first month. You get there somewhere around the, you know, uh, second or third or fourth year, unless you're, you know, you've got a lot of experience at this. Right. That's the goal to get to somebody at those multiples mm -hmm. and getting to a dollar per square foot is the toughest one. Right. And once you hit that, then it's really about optimization and yeah. crop selection and marketing tactics right. and techniques. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. It, it, exactly. Once the momentum's going, then it's easier to scale up. That's what I hear yep. you saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, for instance, we had somebody that was uh, doing a CSA, uh -huh. right? And uh, for those of you that, that don't know what a CSA is, it's a community-supported community agriculture where people are, are, are specifically selling kind of memberships to their to, to what they grow. That's right. So they'll grow a certain amount and you pay 300 bucks or something. And then every week you get something for eight weeks or six weeks or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So one of the models there is, okay, so I go and I sell, you know, I try to figure out how much I think I can grow. Right. And then I divide that up by X amount of memberships and what I'll deliver to them. And I charge a certain price, whatever the market will bear. Right. And I get people to commit to these things. And then, you know, I have to collect the money by April or May or whenever I'm going to start delivering. You know, we try to hit people up. Hey, can you pay? Can you pay? Can you pay? Can you pay? Or maybe we ask them for a little bit of a down payment. That's right. Sort of thing. Right. So what that does is, you know, it, it gives it mitigates a bit of your market risk. This mitigates some of your your potential uh, risk that you have of growing a product that's yep. perishable yeah. and then having no one to buy it from you, right. right? We don't want to throw it away. And you know if you can't sell it at the farmer's market or it rains all day and nobody comes or whatever, and now you, you put all this 
effort into whatever. So one of the things that we get people to think about is different business models. Right. So we worked with someone who was constrained by that and we said, hey, why don't you try to sell up front and collect the money up front? Uh-huh. Use scarcity tactic and, and say, you know, build up your membership on Facebook or your email marketing and the variety of things that we train people to do. Right. Then offer a variety of things with a discount if they pay by October or November of this year for next year. So Ooh. he was able to sell out by the middle of October. Nice. So now think about this. Here's a guy that's already collected all of his money right. for the CSA for next year, right? Uh-huh. It gives you the strength and the ability and confidence as well now to maybe double the size mm-hmm. of what you're going to do or triple the size yeah. because you have upfront capital that you've gotten from other folks. Yep. And you can now use that to maybe, if you grew double, you can use that now to go out and in the springtime, double the the size of your CSA because you have capital to work with. Right. You see? Oh yeah. And, And people might say, well, what happens if you take that money and spend it or spend some of it and then you can't grow everything and can't deliver? Well, that's another model that we teach people. Uh There are a lot of people that just want to grow and don't want to sell. Yes. So we teach people how to become a wholesaler. Yep. So within your community, there's going to be other urban farmers, other growers, other big farmers that have produce and products that they can't sell or don't want to sell. Right. That they're willing to give to you on a discount that you can mark up and then sell. So you could create a CSA where your value add is the selling, the the member management and the delivery. Right. Right. But you can get all your product from suppliers that you believe in that are locally growing food. That's you a beautiful I mean? model. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a beautiful model. So now you can go from, well, now I'm not limited from what I can grow to I'm only limited by the amount of customers and this and the amount of suppliers that I can find. Yeah. You see? Oh yeah. So these are the types of ways getting people to think beyond their own garden or beyond just, oh, I grow it and I take it to market and then whatever I sell is what I make. Right. It's it's really understanding business models around creating a home business helping people that want to get their kids involved with something at home or want to get their teenagers involved with a, a little business from home type of thing, doing something that helps the community and grows food and, and, and finally can actually make money. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's pretty exciting. This whole world and what's happening with food. I mean, I was just listening uh, to the news uh, day before yesterday. They were mm-hmm. talking about this huge conglomerates that provide and really control all the food and seed sources in yep. uh, not the United States, but in the world. Uh, talking about merge, merging and having yep. you know two or three sources of managing 80% of the world's food is uh, is a scary thing and people really want to get back to local control, locally grown foods, you know that are not grown someplace else, frozen, frozen and shipped. Right. And in order to do that, we not only have to create people with the knowledge of how to grow and grow on small scales, mm-hmm. but how to grow and sustain financially, be sustainable so that they can do it year over year over year and choose it as a career or even as a part-time career. Right. When it's something, that it's something that somebody that's retired can do. Even better. We have a lot of folks that are retired. We have one guy, he drives a school bus and he does this full-time. Nice. That's nice. what he does. He loves helping out his community. He loves to drive the kids to school. Yep. And then as soon as he's done driving them, he goes, his wife mans the stand. So he goes in the morning, takes the kids to school. Then he goes, mans his, his you know, preps his garden or whatever. And then goes and p- starts working on his stand again all day long selling. Uh-huh. And then, you know, when it's time to drive the bus again at 2.30, he heads back home, does that. And he comes back at around 4 and helps uh, uh, take down the stand. Yeah. Cool. You know? And it's something that somebody that was 
what 10, 11, 12, 13 could do, right? Well, that's one of our, our fun success stories that we have. We have a, we have a teenager, um, first name is Dylan, I won't say his last name, but he's Perfect. in, uh, in, in upstate New York who's uh, had a family member that was involved and he kind of got excited and we wanted mm -hmm. to try. So we had him as one of our beta testers for our seed to cash program. And uh, you know what I love about kids and students is they follow instructions. Oh and yeah. He followed our instructions and went and planted and in uh, harvested 10 days later and set up a little pop-up tent and a table at his local convenience store that he had. He lives a little bit out in the rural area and that was the where everybody kind of went for the convenience store and to get gas and things. And he sold out in a few hours, made $195 in <laughs> under two weeks, following cool. our step-by-step -step guide. He grew on 100 square feet wow. and uh, was thrilled. So he and his brother uh, decided to do it as their summer jobs going forward. And I know they're making a bunch more now yeah. and have expanded to a couple thousand square feet. So, nice. um, you know, here, here's a guy, he's, you know, he's, he's, uh, I don't think he was 15. I think he was 13 or 14 years old right. when, he, when he did this uh, a year and a half ago. We've got a couple of families that have their kids uh, involved. Involved, uh, right. You know, that's in order to get their allowance, they go outside and they help uh, with weeding and, and uh, mm, planting and right. uh, turning soil and uh, with manning the, uh, the uh, booth on the weekends with their parents and the, their parents pay their allowance that way. We have one member actually that trained their kids on how to sell and they said for every upsell that they do, that they'll match their upsell 50% to their allowance. So if, oh, they, oh. yeah, if they're unitizing, right? I mean, think about this. Now they're teaching their kids how to sell and how to upsell. So their kids are saying, you know, uh, this is, you know, these are $5 or you can get three for 10, right? Right. So if they can upsell the three for 10, the upsell that they went from $5 to $10, they get a $2.50 match to their allowance for every upsell that they do. Wow, that's some motivation. Right. So their kids are just constantly like, yeah, why not? You get more. Well, why right. wouldn't you want three for 10? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you say no to 12 year olds that are getting pushy, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, it's so important these days to have uh, young people have an opportunity to do this. When I was young in the 1970s, I had a newspaper route. Yep. You know, yep. and, and, and then I start and I started my first business at 15 years old. I used to clean service and build fish ponds here in the Valley. And, wow. and, you know, a lot of, a lot of young people don't have those kind of opportunities these days. So I, I think it's really important that that's a niche that is, is a really good one for you. Yeah. You know, and you know, there's, there are, there are great opportunities for jobs for, for your own home businesses. And then there are, are these types of, of little businesses you can do from home that involve the entire family Yeah, and it's hard work. But being outside together as a team, mm -hmm. you get kids and your, the parents and grandparents and you know extended relatives, cousins, whatever, to all come over and work together and to literally have, see the fruits of their labor, right? And that that even so is a is even in my opinion has types of benefits that that you don't get when you're just running your own um, your own kind of job, uh, local job as a kid. You yeah. get to work with family, um, right? And for good and for bad. Oh, yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really neat. So we you touched on the first program. I want to touch quickly on the second program, which is your $100,000 program. Tell us about that a little bit. So getting to $100,000 as a, as a, you know, as a grower is requires not only some practice and some planning, mm -hmm. uh, but it also requires um some some understanding of what it's going to take to get there. 
So what we did is we built a program that's an extensive program. It has, uh, I think we have 18 guides in the program mm -hmm. that specifically teach the fundamental principles, how to intensify what you're doing in the small areas. It teaches um, advantages of growing in different areas and the markets that are available to you in different areas. It has a, a guide uh, that talks about the tools that you need, investment planning. So prior to just going out and buying everything that you think you need, it teaches you kind of how to sit down, think about the types of tools, at what scale you're going to need them and when, what the costs are, and plan out the expenses up front. And then it teaches you how to, uh, to, to break down your workflow practices and how to track how long it's taking you to do each of the types of tasks that you're going to oh, need nice. to do. Nice. Okay. So what we're doing fundamentally is going from, you know, uh, a couple of crops in this, in the, in the seed to cash program and teaching you to how to go instead of on a thousand or 2000, how really to scale up to maybe five or 10,000 square feet. Right. Think about what it's going to take to get started, how to find the labor you'll need for help and when you'll need it, mm -hmm. how to put together a plan, a crop plan, a labor plan, and a marketing plan. Because you got to think about it. Different crops are going to mature at different times. So you yeah. need to be thinking about that. You need to think about what it's going to take to harvest, how to unitize, what the pricing guides are, and how to plan all these out. And then we spent a, a significant amount of time about marketing and business plans on yeah. how to sell or sell upfront in order to supplement your costs so it's not all out of pocket and then several months later seeing the the revenues trickle in yeah but how to really fund go after it and then the rest of the of the guides which is the the other 10 is on different types of farm so if you want a farm that earns 10 to 20 some breakdowns of how many square feet you need you know our our target guide is 5,000 square feet how to get from 5,000 to 10, 5,000 square feet to 10,000 in earnings to 20,000 in earnings and what it takes, what it looks like. Uh, intermediate farm, which is, you know, a target income of 54,000 um, on, on a half acre. And then a deluxe farm, which is, you know, earning over $65,000 on uh, 20 to 40,000 square feet. Nice. We talk about greens, garlics, carrots and potatoes, lettuces, flowers, mixes, radishes, prepared food guides and how to target certain types of incomes based on those. Yeah. And then we also have a guide on four season marketing. And this is really important because depending on your, where you live and your growing zone, uh -huh. uh, you're going to be able to be, have more success with certain types oh, yes. of crops than others. But yep. more importantly, your market time is going to be different. Right. You're going to be able to sell for different periods of time. Mm -hmm. So if you're in an area where you have sun all year round and can grow all year round. Well, that's great, but you might not be in something like that. So how do you take an environment where maybe you have a harsh winter? Let's say you're in the Midwest or you're somewhere in, uh, in a zone where you have four months or five months where there's a potentially frost. How mm -hmm. do you sell all four seasons? So we have a guide that teaches you how to grow and how to use cold storage and what you can sell in November, December, January, and February when you can't grow anything. Ah, perfect. Do. And it takes, think about it. I mean, if you could potentially in eight months, you can generate 20 or $30,000. Uh -huh. By adding just another quarter to that, you can add another ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 to your income. Right. Right, just by having another four months where you're selling. So how do you grow and harvest and store just for those months? So you're the only game in town selling locally produced food that's you know ready to be sold in those months when everybody else is out. Yeah.
Make sense? Oh, absolutely. Planning guide, which really goes into, you know, how to, to step from a thousand square feet up to 5,000, 10,000 and maximizing your production and your income as you do it. Because the, the actual graduation process is really important because you, you just can't, if you go out there, we have a few members that have tried, they went right to 20,000 yeah. and they're really strong. They weren't, they didn't have the process in place right. on how to deal things and how to plan it out properly. Yeah. And so we have a guide just dedicated on that. And then the last one really is a, an entire, it's almost a book of crop profiles that tell you which Ooh. crops to use where, what the revenue benchmarks are for uh-huh. those types of crops that you could strive for. Right. And, um, you know, you can get updated types of crop profiles in our forum. But imagine if you could look at them and you could see, oh, well, this one you're going to get, uh, you know, a dollar or a dollar fifty per square foot uh, per year for this crop versus another one where you can get four dollars or another one where you can get three dollars. And then how long it actually takes for that crop to mature. So here's the concept around this is eventually we get our members under learning and thinking about a concept called uh, relay relay cropping. Uh-huh. So when you're doing relays, this is the idea that you're using the same land-based source, growing, harvesting, and then planting a different crop in that space so that for the entire growing season, it's always that space is always, always being maximized and utilized. Right. And it's not the same crop pulling the same nutrients out of the ground. It's different crops and kind of rotating it through. Yeah. And so relays are really important to maximizing profit. And we teach a lot about uh, relay planting, relay cropping in, in, in those guides. So the 100K program is for someone who's going to go from, hey, I want to make a few thousand bucks to, hey, I want to diversify and I want to target the income that I want. Maybe I want to grow it over the next few years. And there's some some uh, plans and guides in there on really how do you get over 50? How do you get up to 100K mm-hmm. a year? And uh, and go from you know what what I say is kind of a an experiment of trying to achieve a few thousand dollars to getting to a full time income. Yeah, exactly. and we have people that are computer scientists, architects, engineers that have quit their jobs and do this full time now um, because they love the industry and they love what they do. Nice. Yeah. So why is this important? I think it's uh, self evident, but for us. There's, there's a lot of folks that talk about growing. There's a lot of urban farms and nonprofit organizations mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. but they depend on donations. They depend on uh, tax subsidies. They yeah. depend on, on scholarships and money from the government. And the truth is, is that those organizations can only help to the degree in which they can get money from other folks right and they're not really financially uh sustainable Mm -hmm. so if we're doing something that the market or our community can't support where we can make a profit at it a living at it and continue to do good for the community then as soon as that support is cut from it it dies so what our goal and why we think this is really important is that we think that a lot more people would do this if there was a way to make a living at it or even a part-time living at it that it would pay for itself and more, there would be a market incentivization for individuals to do it. Yeah. We think that's, that's so important 
that it's more important than teaching people like everyone else does how to garden or how to grow vegetables. It's what's more important is teaching how people how to be financially sustainable. Hey, listen, if you can go out there and get a grant from an organization to get started, if you can find a nonprofit to help you with not with some volunteer work, we have partners that are nonprofits. We support all of that. And I don't want to, I don't want anyone to think that we're against those. Right. But what we're saying is that we also believe that we need financially stable organizations, home growers, we call them growers, urban growers, urban farmers, whatever you want to call them, so that when some organization can no longer support them or the government or whomever it is, there is a way that people can do it for a full-time living and continue it from generation to generation. And it doesn't require you to buy a Columbine or to buy, to <laughs> yeah. buy a tractor right. and to go into debt and have you know huge debts from banks and have farms that are just crushed by debt. Yeah. There's no reason for that. You should be able to have earn a living doing this and growing food. And that's why we think it's really important what we do, our niche. Yeah, beautiful. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? You know, uh, Greg, it's a great question, but through all the, the, the startup businesses that I've done in technology and in genetics and now helping with, uh, with you know, this urban growing uh, with Backyard Riches, one of the things that has been a constant, and I think everybody should be doing this and thinking about, is that if you're not planning, you're planning to fail. Mm. Planning is the key. Yeah. Whether it's sitting down and spending the time to get to know what the people who are going to buy from you, what they really want and what they're willing to pay, to figuring out what it's going to cost and how much time and effort goes into it to uh, thinking about how to maximize what you're doing, uh, to setting goals and to, and to plan on how you're gonna be accountable and to whom, planning on your brand and how you're gonna build your customer base. All of those things require someone to sit down, use their brain and to explore in that process of just setting goals and putting a plan together helps people to go, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, and to put a list together of what they need to do. And the chances for success are exponentially higher. So whether you're gonna do it as a hobby and your goal is to make you know, five grand or 10 grand in a summer mm -hmm. to whether you wanna do it full time and you wanna transition over the next 10 years from starting up now to by the end of the two, two seasons from now to be able to quit your job, it's all about planning and figuring it out and then course adjustments. Looking at your actual to plan at the end of the season or at the end of the quarter or at the end of the month and seeing what's working, what's not, pivot to what's working and then refocus and plan for next year based on what you learned. That's in my opinion, the yeah. most important aspect of getting started on a venture like this, right. you know, cause it can be an emotional thing, you know, oh, oh, yeah. I, I'd love to make money. I grow, I am already doing this. I wish I, how come I'm not, you know, it can get be emotional, yeah. but once that emotional kind of kick in and excitement is over with. It's really about, okay, let's sit down and let's figure out the fundamentals so that when you execute, you execute and you're successful at it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's great advice. Thank you. This is really a treat to, to uh, you know, be, be in front of your listeners and uh, the amount of time and effort and the years that you've put into this um, is, a, is a testament um, to, you know, what you're, you're bringing to the community. Yeah. So thank you for having us and inviting us. And if people want to learn more, we, we actually have a, a, um, our, our, a special going on for a launch that we did. Oh, so please. we have our products are 75% off right now. 
And if people want to go over there, they can purchase that. It comes with uh, two months free access to our members forum. Uh-huh. So they'll get members training as well as access to the forum to ask questions and be part of the community. We also have free training uh, once a month that we do where we do a, a kind of a members overview. We go through their financials and go over their business plans. It's a tons of value. We get several hundred people attending those webinars. Wow. You can sign up on our, on our webs, website at backyardriches.com. And if they just wanted to get something for free from us, you know, you can come to those once a month and hear about what other people are doing and you can yeah. see their growth we do year over years in the fall and uh, you can see what their plan was and what the actual was and that sort of thing. So it'll be a lot of fun. Fantastic. Fantastic. And we'll also have this information at urbanfarm.org backslash spin, S-P-I-N. So okay, great. We'll have, Wonderful. Yeah. You know, and uh, Greg, anytime uh, you need uh, more uh, folks on, we're welcome. We're, we're, we're thrilled to be part of this. We'd love to come back. And if there's any of your Perfect. listeners that have questions or those sorts of things, we're, uh, we're always open to helping with answering some questions uh, um, on your blog or wherever you'd like us to be. But uh, people Fantastic. can reach out for sure. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others to grow their own nutrient-dense, healthy, organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years, and that got me thinking, what if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm U member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit-chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session, plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to urbanfarmmembership.org or text membership to 33444. That's urbanfarmmembership.org or text membership to 33444. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, Hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago. Then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. 
So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.